0: I want to speak to you from the topic the doctor is in. The doctor is in. Still in this grace series. We're not going anywhere for a while. The Lord has really, really been ministering to me in this grace series so that we can see how much God loves us. But also I want us to see how important those who are not saved yet Are to him, and how we are supposed to react toward them, or how we're supposed to treat them. As Jesus gives us example time after time after time in the scriptures of how he reached out to those who were not a part of Israel, not a part of the Jewish body. He reached out to them to let them know that God loved them as much as he loves us. We're going to go to Mark chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse 17 first. Mark chapter 2 and verse 17, and here's what it says. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous... But sinners to repentance. I want to read it again. He says, When, listen, this is the writing of Mark. When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There are two words that we should examine this morning, whole and sick. Remember those two words, whole and sick. Whole is to be in sound health. To be sound is to be in good condition, not damaged, injured, or diseased. Good condition, not damaged, injured, or diseased. Not to be any of those things is to be sound. To be whole is to be sound in health, not to be damaged in our health, injured in our health or diseased. Sick is to be badly or miserably ill. The word miserably is in a way that causes unhappiness or pain. So this sickness that we have here described in the Greek represents a type of sickness that causes one to be unhappy or to be in pain. This type of sickness does not describe just feeling bad, but a level of being sick that will make you seek out help. There are multiple types though of sick people. Number one, the person who does not realize how sick they are. Number two, the person who is in denial of how sick they are. Number 3, the person who tries to treat themselves. Number 4, the person who is sick and tired of being sick. Number 5, the person who does not realize how sick they are until they come into contact with the physician. And I may add a number 6, the those people who are sick and only want to feel better but not be better so as we take a look at these six types of people we have that person that does not realize how sick they are they are sick as they can be but they don't really recognize it they don't really see how bad their condition is then there's that person who is in denial of how sick they are they don't want to accept the fact That they are sick. And then there are those, which I used to be of that category, who try to treat themselves, who try to fix themselves without the doctor's help, who try different over the counter remedies and herbal remedies to try to heal what they need a doctor's assistance in healing. Those who try to get themselves together before they come to the Lord. Then there's that person who is sick and tired of being sick. They're at the point where they're ready for a change. They're ready for healing. They're ready for God to move in their life in a powerful way. And that person who does not realize how sick they are until they come into contact with the physician. It is not until they go to the doctor, have some tests run, have some scans done. That they realize truly how sick they are. And then there's that group of people who are sick. They're tired of being sick. But they don't want to do what it takes to be better. So they'll accept just feeling better. The story that we're going to dig in today follows Jesus healing a sick man of the palsy in Capernaum. This is the miracle when the house was so full that the man's friends tore open the roof to the home where Jesus was teaching and lowered the man down in front of Jesus. The scripture declares that when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now the scribes as usual took issue with his method and thought to themselves, why did this man thus speak blasphemies who can forgive sins, but God only the Bible says that Jesus knew their thoughts and spoke these words by reason. These things in your heart, whether it is easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise, take up thy bed and walk, but that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth. To forgive sin, he saith to the sick of the palsy. Listen to what he says I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way to thine house. After which the man arose, picked up his bed, and proceeded to walk out of the house. And the crowd went wild. Bart says that they glorified God, and in today's language, they said, We have never seen anything like this. It is here that I would like to add two things. This is personal. I'd just like to say these two things to you before we get into today's lesson. Number one, we should never encounter Jesus and leave him the way we met him. I want to say it again we should never encounter Jesus. And leave him the way we met him. If ever we are in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of God through worship or prayer or or, or any type of opportunity. If we are in his presence, we should take advantage of that moment and be healed, delivered, and set free, saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. But we should never leave him the way we met him. And the second thing that I want to say is that I am excited about the fact that Jesus can do things that we have never seen before. I hope you're with me this morning and that you are all so excited about the fact that Jesus can do things in your life, in your family's life, in your friends' life, in this world, in this nation, in this country, in your city, in your town, in your neighborhood, in your house that you have never seen before. Oh, I long for the days when I can say, oh, God, I thank you. I've never seen anything like that before. Now let's get into our text in Mark chapter two, starting at verse 13, running through verse 17. The scripture says that Jesus went forth again by the seaside and the multitude resorted unto him and he taught them. This is typical of the ministry of Jesus. That anywhere Jesus would go, there would be a crowd. People were drawn to him. Yes, he was charismatic. Yes, he was powerful. But there was something about the character of Christ that drew people to him. They sensed that he cared about them. That he cared for them, that he loved them, and that drew them to him. Those who are part of the Jewish body, those who were ostracized by the Jewish body, were all drawn to him along with those who hated him, who wanted to stop him, who wanted to see his ministry failed. Those who hated to see God move through him in the way that he did. Jesus always drew a crowd. I, I, I want to say today that there should be something about who we are. Something about our character, something in us, that is in eight because we're filled with the spirit of Christ. There should be something about us since we're supposed to be Christ's light that draws people to us. Those who are saved and unsaved alike should feel love when they are around us. You see, so many of us are ready to preach our message and we're ready to tell people about what they need to get together. But I learned some years ago, I heard these words, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I believe that if we allow people to experience the love of God through us that has been shared abroad in our hearts, that it will create opportunities for us to share this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ with them. If they are somebody who's saved who needs to do better, if it's somebody who's lost who needs to be saved, I believe that the first thing that they should sense from us is God's love. This is what I believe drew people to Jesus. The scripture says that as Jesus passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom and said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. I need you guys to really wrap your mind around what we just read. Jesus is walking by. And he sees a gentleman by the name of Levi. Now, Levi is said to be Matthew. He sees Levi and he's sitting at the receipt of custom. Essentially, Levi is a tax collector. Now, the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about all of the problems that the Pharisees and the scribes had with tax collectors. Tax collectors were people who worked for the Roman governors, Roman government and they were seen as traitors to the Jewish people. But not only that, tax collectors tended to be unscrupulous. They tended to raise the taxes to higher than they actually were so that they could take what was between what the people really owed and what the people paid. And they enrich themselves off of the backs of their own people. The way that they would do this is that they would bid to be the tax collector in a certain area. And if the government liked their bid of how much they were going to bring in in taxes, then they would be the tax collector in that specific area. And then they would raise the taxes by a certain percentage so that they could take the profit for themselves. Jesus walks by and sees a man sitting at the receipt of custom. He is sitting at the table doing business as a tax collector. We know the relationship of tax collectors to those of the Jewish body. But yet Jesus looks over, sees him in the middle of doing his job, Calls to him and says, follow me. But what's even more amazing is that Levi gets up and follows him. I want to read to you a little excerpt from what a gentleman by the name of Lane had to say about the life of a tax collector. He says that when a Jew entered the custom service, he was regarded as an outcast from society he was disqualified as a judge or a witness in a court session he was excommunicated from the synagogue and in the eyes of the community his disgrace extended to his family he could not be a judge he could not be a juror he could not even go to church and he was esteemed to be so low, so dirty, so sinful that his disgrace was on his family. So not only was he seen as the lowest, but his wife and his children, his parents, his brothers, his sisters were all looked at with disdain. This people of God is who Jesus called to follow him. It is one thing for Jesus to say that he came to seek and to save the lost and that he came to seek and to save tax collectors or sinners or even one thing for him to eat with him. It would have been to go too far to say that they could even be a part of the church. But Jesus goes so far As to invite Levi, who is a known tax collector, to follow him and be his disciple. What I really love about this moment, y'all, is that Jesus saw him doing what he was doing. He knew exactly who Levi was when he called him. He knew exactly what kind of person he was when he called him he knew levi's activities when he called him yet he said come and follow me don't you remember that he knew everything there was to know about you he knew about your attitude he knew about your activities talk to me he knew about your anger he knew everything there was to know about you yet On one day he said, come and follow me. This was not a situation where Levi was somebody that one of the disciples told him about. He was not recommended to Jesus or referred to Jesus. He did not fill out an application or do any types of job securing uh, documents in order to get this job and then lie on his resume. No, no, no. Jesus knew exactly who he was, exactly how he lived, exactly how he treated people and still he said come and follow me i want to say to you that jesus he looks at us in the condition that we are in and he knows that he's the only healing for our condition he knows that he is that ball in gilead oh yeah he knows that he is the deliverance that we need And so for those who live today in 2021 who are lost and don't know the Lord, for those who are living a sinful lifestyle, he sees them in their condition. But I love that song that says he looks beyond our faults and he supplies our needs. Come on, talk to me, somebody. How many of you are glad this Sunday morning that he looked beyond your faults? That he didn't judge you by what you did or the mistakes that you made. Boy, I'm getting happy right now. He didn't judge you by the things that you were doing at the time. But he saw you and your need for deliverance. And he called out to you on that day or that night, that Sunday or that Wednesday or whatever day it was. And he said, come and follow me. Oh, the best decision I ever made in my whole life is that when he beckoned unto me to come, I went unto him. I came to Jesus as I was weary, worn, and sad, but I found in him a resting place, and he has made me glad. Does anybody else have that testimony this morning that he has changed your life? And in today's church, we want to give people all of these rules that they have to follow before they can come. We want to tell people you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to fix this, you need to fix that. But the problem is, is that they can't do it. And Jesus is the one who can. And so he looks right at him. I I want somebody to hear this. He looks right at him. Sitting down at that table, collecting taxes, digging that up, and he says, "Come and follow me." I'm blown away by that because today's church wouldn't roll like that. Today's church, uh-uh, uh-uh. You got to get it together. You got to show some improvement. We can, we gotta see. We gotta see some changes in you. Jesus said, "Come, follow me." I'll change you. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, this 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 series is blowing my mind. You see, Jesus did not just say that we should love everyone, He actually did it. There are a lot of people who tell us how much we should love people. Always supposed to love everybody. Love your neighbors, you love yourself. Love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you and do all manner of evil against you. Oh, we're supposed to love everybody and they can't hardly love anybody. Telling us to love people but not loving them themselves. Some of us feel foolish for loving people, for caring about them at the levels that the Bible tells us we should. We should. You see, Jesus modeled for us how we should treat those who are unloved by society. He shows us through action how we're supposed to treat the disenfranchised, those who are considered to be the lowest and the dirtiest in society. Verse 15 says that it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples for there were many and they followed him. This makes perfect sense to me. Levi is a tax collector. So his friends are obviously going to be tax collectors. Commentators say that this was like a going away party for Levi. That Levi was going into his new life and his new mission with Jesus and that he was celebrating with his friends as he was leaving to follow Jesus. But one commentator said something that I found interesting. He said that perhaps Levi wanted his friends to meet the man who called him. Maybe Levi wanted them to accept the same call that he had just accepted. Whatever the purpose was, the house was filled with tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus sat down and ate with them, knowing how the religious elite were going to respond. He knew what people were going to say about him. He knew what the scuttlebutt was going to be, but still he sat down with these people and ate with them. You know, in order for us to do what God has called us to do, the way he has called us to do it, we are going to have to get over worrying about what people think and say about us. Jesus had more concern for his mission than he did what people's opinions of him would be. So there were many publicans and many sinners that Jesus sat down to eat with. Along with his disciples. And the scripture said that they followed him. Here are these people that the scribes and Pharisees are trying to push out, trying to push their way in. Verse 16 is no surprise to us. When the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with the publicans and the sinners, They said unto his disciples. Now notice, they don't come to Jesus. Watch out for people who go to other people and not come to you. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Instead of going to Jesus, they went to the disciples. And they said, how is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? It seems like to me that that is a question. This should be directed toward Jesus, but instead they go to the disciples asking the disciples to explain to them the actions of Jesus. I got to be honest with you for a minute. I got to let you know that that is not something that I like. I don't like it when people go to someone else to ask them about what I'm doing. I know you don't either. That was just a moment. I just had a moment. Y'all forgive me. Would you pray for me tonight when you say your prayers? Now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Will you throw my name in there just quick? But I don't like it when people go to somebody else asking them about what I'm doing. That's what these men did. It is because they had an ulterior motive. They had opinions about what Jesus was doing. They did not like it. They did not appreciate it. They did not agree with it. But he was right there in the room. It would have been just as easy for them to confront him. But they would not. Because they knew that Jesus had an ability to defend his position. So in verse 17, when Jesus heard it. See, this is what I like. He still heard it. He saith unto them, they that are whole. Have no need of the physician. I want you to watch the reading of it. If you got a pen or a highlighter, highlight these words, underline these words the physician. Jesus heard them speaking, sitting down with all of the tax collectors and the sinners, having dinner with them. He could still hear the words that they spoke. My wife has got a little plaque in our restroom and it says, uh, say your prayers and wash your, um, what is that? Say, uh, wash your hands and say your prayers because Jesus and germs are everywhere. <laughs> I need you to know that we can't do or say anything in secret that the most high God does not hear. Yeah, yeah, they thought that Jesus would not hear their words, but because he is God in the flesh, he heard their words. So no matter where we say it or no matter where we do it, God is aware of our activities. Jesus hears them and he responds to them. Listen to how he defends his position. He says, those that are whole have no need of thee. Physician, Those who are sound in their health, those who have no sickness, those who have no weakness, those who are complete, have no need of the physician, not a physician, but they have no need of the physician. Jesus is singling himself out and he's telling them, if you think that you're perfect and that you got it all together, then you don't need me. He says, but they that are sick, those who are injured, those who are weak, those who are worn, those who are without strength. Come on. Those who are weary. He said, those are the people who need me because I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance Jesus once again lays out the purpose of his coming he said I came not to call the righteous or the so-called righteous those who think they are righteous those who who think that they're super holy those who think that they have a Christian cape on their backs those who think that they are beyond reproach he said I didn't come for them I came for those who know they need me I came for those who know that they couldn't do it without me I came for those who know that they still be sick if it wasn't for me I came for the sick baby I came for those who are wallowing down in the muck and the mire of sin I came for those that you don't like see you think you got it all together and you think you don't need me you think that you don't need somebody like me you think you're better than me you don't even like me Jesus said I didn't come for you I didn't come for the people who think that they got it all together I came for those who were sick and I came to call sinners to repentance That's what I came here to do. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Next Saturday, we're going to be celebrating Christmas. The day that our Savior was born. He came here born through the womb of a virgin named Mary. Who was pregnant of the Holy Ghost. With God and his father. He came to this earth for this purpose. That he's listening right here. Christmas is really about the idea. That Jesus came to heal the sick. And save the lost. Yes there is a bomb in Gilead. To heal the sin. Sick soul. You see. Everybody. there are multiple types of sick people. There's the person who does not realize how sick they are. I believe that represents the scribes and the Pharisees. They had no idea how really sick they are. They had no idea the condition of their souls. They thought that they were holy and right because they kept the law. But Jesus said, You miss the weightier things. Yeah, you can observe ritual, but something's not right with your heart. There are those who don't realize how sick they are walking around today. Some are in our churches. And some are not. There's also those who are in denial of how sick they are. They know something's wrong. They know everything not right. But they don't want to admit that they need help. And so because they deny their sickness, they refuse the cure and because they refuse to cure they remain sick yes even now in 2021 there are those who try to treat themselves trying to do it without the physician (laughs) trying to do it without the master's help trying by willpower to get themselves together, operating in the spirit of pride and not humbling themselves to the one who can heal them. Yes, there are those, though, who are sick and tired of being sick. Am I talking to anybody this morning? There are those who are sick and they are sick and tired of being sick repeating the same sins, not able to get beyond the things that bind them, thinking the same oppressive thoughts, the anxiety, the depression, the anger, all of that tormenting them, and they want to be free. Then there's that person who does not realize how sick they are until they come into contact with the physician. That's where I was. I didn't realize how bad I was until I met the Savior. You remember when Jesus helped Peter and those catch all of those fish? Peter fell on his knees and said, Away from me, because I'm a sinful man. It wasn't (laughs) until he came into contact with the Master that he saw how really sick he was. And they are those who when they hear this glorious gospel of Jesus Christ and they hear of the love of God and how he sent his son to save the lost. It is in that moment that they realize their true condition. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. Paul said that I don't come to you with words of eloquence. He said, I come to preaching to you the gospel of Jesus Christ. He said, because I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because for those who are perishing, it is foolishness. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The gospel still in this day is the power of God unto salvation. And we must never stop preaching this gospel. But then alas, there are those. Thank you, Holy Ghost who are sick, who just want to feel better but don't want to be better. They want the pain to stop, the discomfort to go away, but they don't necessarily want to be healed and made whole. Still kind of want to live Elder Johnson a 50-50 life. Want to live in sin, but without the consequences. Jesus said, I came. <laughs> Call the righteous, not the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You see, those who were sick, those are the ones Jesus said, I came for. And that's why I'm here at Levi's house. Do you think that maybe Jesus knew what Levi would do? And give him an audience with a house full of sick people (laughs) that he would have the opportunity to heal. Listen, if he had not called Levi, then he wouldn't be at his house and the house wouldn't be filled with sinners. The house wouldn't be filled with sin sick people. And what better place for the physician to be? Except tending to sick people. I don't know anybody who's ever asked the doctor, why are you at the doctor's office? Anybody who asked the surgeon why he's in the operating room. So it makes perfect sense that the savior of the world would be in a room filled with people who need saving. Woo! Which do we identify as today? Don't put it in the timeline. That's between you and God. Which type of sick person are we? Somebody saying, "Pastor, I'm not sick. Everything with me is good." Romans three twenty three Amplified says, "For all have sinned." Excuse me, King James version, and come short of the glory of God. The Amplifies it says this. says it this way: All have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God you see the reality is today that we're all sick on some level we're all in need of the physician we all need the master we all need the savior there's nobody watching this broadcast today listen I'm preaching and I need him I need the oh <laughs> I need the every eye need thee oh bless me now my savior come on you know the song we need him we're all sick on one level or another I thank God for Pastor Thurman Tillman years ago he said we're all sick sick I tell you sick some at the doctor's office, some in the emergency room, some uh, 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 on the operating table, some in ICU. Come on, some are about to be discharged under doctor's care, but all need the physician. We all need the physician. Don't forget that. We all need the physician for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he didn't give his son for perfect people he gave his son the people who were sick and needed and still need the physician so when we look out at the world And we look at what's going on out there in 2021 and going into 2022, I want to let you know, if listen, if the Bible is right, this is just the beginning. There's going to be a lot of things going on and a lot of people shaking their fingers and shaking their heads. But what we should really be doing is being salt and being light and showing the love of God. So that we can win lost souls to the kingdom. Because if not for Jesus, there go I. All of us needed the physician. And so we should have compassion on those that we see in need of him. Jesus sat in a house loaded with sinners. Makes sense to me because he was the only one who could save. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Would you say that with me today? Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for what you shared with us. You are the great physician. You have never lost a case. Mm. You can save from the guttermost to the uttermost. We ask you, Lord God, to save. There are a lot of lost people out there, people who don't know you. There are a lot of sick people in this world. Some go to church and some don't. I'm asking you, Lord, to save them all. Save us all without the loss. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. If you're watching today and this message has touched you, it's reached your heart. And by hearing the gospel, you realized your need for the physician. You see your actual condition And you recognize that Jesus is the only one who can heal you. You want to be saved today. Pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, please forgive me for all my sins. I repent of everything I've ever done. That is against your will. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. And that he died on the cross to save me from my sins. Furthermore, I confess and believe that as God promised, that he raised Jesus from the dead. And that Jesus is alive today and forever. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for seeing beyond my faults, and supplying my need salvation in Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time, or if you prayed it and you meant it for the first time, I'm going to ask you to please text the word salvation to nine one two three two five nine nine five nine. Please text the word salvation to nine one two three two five nine nine five nine. When you do that, you will receive a text. In that text will be a link. Click that link. It will open up a form for you. On that form will be information about the decision that you made today. And beneath that information, there'll be a questionnaire. Please fill out that questionnaire so that we can give you support in your new life in Jesus Christ. <laughs>